Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Bushnell Project here as we continue our Advent season and looking at some stuff that Jonathan Gibson wrote in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And he kept going back to some Puritans and others. And this is a guy from the 1600s. So think about a time before there was electricity, before there was a United States of America, 100 years before that. And this guy is writing and thinking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Here is what Stephen Charnock has to say. Stephen Charnock, Charnock of the 1600s, Puritan. What, what a wonder it is. Is it that two natures, infinitely distant, should be more intimately united than anything in the world, and yet without any confusion? That the same person should have both a glory and a grief, an infinite joy in the deity, and an inexpressionable sorrow in the humanity, that a, God, that a God upon a throne should be an infant in a cradle, the thundering creator be a weeping babe and a suffering man. These are such expressions of mighty power as well as con, uh, condescending love that they astonish men upon earth and angels in heaven. So some great thoughts there from the 1600s in a time, a long, long time ago, right? And so what is this creator doing becoming a baby? And it's, it's just quite hard to really, for us as humans, to comprehend. But let's look at what Paul writes to the Philippians in chapter 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So why, why is that so powerful? Because we know that the Creator became a baby, that the, the God became man and went from His perfect throne to dying on a cross for our sins. He's worthy of all of our praise, and He can handle whatever is going on in our lives. There is no reason for us to doubt His ability to love us and His ability to comfort us. So think of these words from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her, welfare, that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So God is a forgiving God. God is a God that is able to to help us in the greatest of trials and that he wants to and that he does. And so we have a great, a great, great God and we have a, a lot to be thankful for as we approach <clears throat> Christmas morning just less than a week away. So let's think about this. Here's uh, the catechism for today. What further benefit do we receive from Christ's sacrifice and death on the cross? And the answer is, by his power, our old man is crucified, put to death, and buried with him, so that the evil desires of the flesh may no longer rule us, but that 
Instead, we may offer ourselves as a sacrifice of thanksgiving to him. And you can read Romans 12, 1 and 2 to, to think about your own worship of God, right? So if you, if you were reading some more today, the, uh, the, the reading that he has for us is Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6 and 33, chapter 33, 14 through 26. So two passages there in Jeremiah to help us along the lines of thinking about God's desire to forgive us and to bring us to that great place that we all that we all want to be at. <clears throat> but here's a, a great prayer. It's a prayer of illumination from Ambrose. So talk about a guy living a long, long, long time ago. Um, Merciful Lord, the comforter and teacher of your faithful people, increase in your church, the church in your church, the desires which you have given, and confer, confirm the hearts of those who hope in you by enabling them to understand the depth of your promises, that all of your adopted sons may even now behold with the eyes of faith, and patiently wait for the light which as yet you do not openly manifest through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So again, awaiting the second coming of Christ is the call there of, of Ambrose. And so, you know, as we think about all that we have today and how maybe we, we have been lost in all of our luxuries. Ambrose lived around 300 AD wouldn't have had a lot of things we have today and we are most of us in a place of great comfort but the comfort that we really need to be thinking about here as we approach Christmas morning is that we while we are great sinners in need of a great savior that there is a great savior in Jesus Christ and that if we know him and we know that we are his, that he is faithful to forgive us, that he has accomplished the great work, and that he is coming back for his church. And I think that's just the greatest Christmas thought that we need to be having. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Talk to you soon.